about 12 years ago, uh, Brandon Stanley, he's, if he, Brandon Stanley is the pastor at Crossroads Church over here. Great man, great pastor, great church. Uh, 12 years ago, he, he called me and uh, he says, Scott, I want you to eat breakfast with me and uh, one of our pastors and, and a missionary from Haiti. And so we went and we met at IHOP and we're talking and the missionary from Haiti showed me pictures of an orphanage that they couldn't finish building. And so um, we got through and showing us these pictures. Now, what they had were they had walls, but they didn't have a roof for the orphanage, just concrete walls and, and no roof. And they had no beds or anything like that, but they had a lot of orphans. And so really, you know, touched my heart and they needed $12,000. And they needed it, you know, pretty quickly. Well, I, I'm, I'm leaving breakfast. My heart's moved. And so I called Greg Herring, you know, one of our elders and a, a friend really I've known for about 30 years. I'm like, hey, man, what, what do we do? You know, what do we do? And we, after we talked, we said, well, let's just let the church know. And so the following Sunday, we let the church know. I may have sent out an email giving everybody a heads up uh, that week. But the following Sunday, um, we let the whole church know. And I want you to know something. That Sunday... We raised $12,000 like that. Yeah, praise God, right? Man, that, that, that kind of stuff, you, you want to applaud that. And, and man, that, that just inspires you. Well, we, we are in this series called Radically Normal. And uh, you know this, if you've met Christ, you know that your life has been radically changed because Jesus isn't normal. Uh, 2,000 years ago, he came on the scene. And man, he really just turned the world upside down because of the way he loved because he loved everybody, and the religious people didn't like that. And the, and the thing is, non-religious people liked being around Jesus because of the way he shared love, the way he spoke about love, the way he shared hope, the way he cared. He was radically different from everybody. And, and radical is, is different. It's far-reaching. It's, it's out of the ordinary, and it's extreme. Jesus was all those things. Man, you read through the Gospels. And you see this man who is just wanting to save everyone. And listen, everyone wanted to be around him. Well, as followers of Jesus, as his followers, we just got singing a song, make me more like Jesus. Man, we should look like Jesus. We should be this radically normal. Matter of fact, radical should be normal for us. So what I have loved about this series is I believe with all my heart, Jesus is calling us to, to break free from what I would call Western Christianity, which I think, honestly, if we were to be just bare bones, just let it all out, we've all been bored by it at some point or another. I'll never forget a, a friend of mine was in a band and uh, I can't remember the band he was talking about. There was a big Christian band and he got the the drummer was supposed to share something about his faith in Christ and he walked up to the front of the stage and he said you know what I accepted Christ you know X amount of years and he was supposed to share something inspiring and he said you know what all I do is play these drums and he walked off it's almost like he was just bored with his own faith Man, Jesus is calling us to, to be radically normal. And we talked about, you know, forgiveness. And we talked about faith. And we talked about love. And if you missed Stephanie Akiyama's message last week, go back and check it out. I think that was the best message, the most timely message about hospitality. And today, as it's already been said, we're talking about generosity today. Now, here's what I know you're thinking. 
I knew if I came to this church long enough, he's going to preach on money. Right? And then some of you are going, man, it's our first Sunday. (laughs) He's preaching on money. Uh, Listen, I I, want to say this. We're we're talking about radically normal generosity. Um, I have another pastor friend in town. I won't give his name because of what I'm going to say. It's not bad. But he said, you know when he's preaching on money because he wears a tie when he's preaching. Listen, when I preach on money, I wear deodorant. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I don't do anything different. You know why I don't do anything different? Because it's easy to talk to you all about money. We just finished last year, and many of you came to our vision night, or you've seen it now online. This church is a very generous church. It's a very generous church. And I'm going to talk about some other examples of of generosity over the last year. But why do we talk about it then? Why, why, Why can't I just say, amen, way to go? We're leaving. Because, as a whole, generosity, money, is one of our greatest battles. According to NBC News report, uh, people think about money and they think about their work more than they think about sex. And we've heard all kinds of stories. People think about sex seven times a day. That, that's really a myth. The most common thing is people think about sex eight times a day. And you're thinking, man, I thought this was a message about money. This is a great message on money. He's talking about sex. Um, the truth is we think about money and we think about our jobs and we think about things connected to money and to our jobs more than we do most things. Think about your worries. Some people worry about living paycheck to paycheck or, or they think about savings and, and retirement or providing for their kids or, or buying a house or, or paying off student loans or paying off debt. Unfortunately, it's very normal for us, very normal for us to worry about money. And with that worry, we tend to hold on to things a little more tightly than we should. We hold on to our money maybe a little more tightly than we should. Because we see our finances as something we, we've earned. It's, it's our personal hard work. And so our money becomes a, a prized possession. And, and then sometimes too, uh, our money becomes something that we were able to compare ourselves against other people. Because our money, think about it. And it affords us comforts and, and luxuries that maybe some others here, maybe definitely other people in the world and throughout history have not experienced. And Scripture talks about money almost more than any other subject as far as warnings go. It gives us warning after warning about the dangers of of holding on to money or or putting our hope and and our trust in money. The three greatest temptations have always been money, sex, and pride. When when I do premarital counseling... I talk about here are the three things you're going to fight against. You're going to talk about you're going to fight over money, you're going to fight over sex, and you're going to fight over kids. Well, the three greatest temptations have always been money, sex, and pride. So what is the, the antidote to this obsession and then this worry about money? Man, it's radically normal generosity. So remember, Jesus is calling us to live in a way where radical is, is normal. We're in a culture that tells us, again, to earn so much more and hold on to it. Don't don't let it go and then save as much as you can so that one day, hopefully, we can live in a lap of of luxury. Generosity is our way of showing that we trust in Jesus more 
than we trust in our money. We trust in Jesus more than we trust in our wealth. So the question is, what would it look like? What would radically normal generosity look like? Well, let's look at this scripture here out of Luke. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. You know what? The, the words that, that stand, stand out is, is if any of you wants to be my followers, listen to these next words. You must turn from your selfish ways. Do you know how often the, that phrase has been hitting me this week since I've been working on the sermon? Not just in the area of money. But in the area of relationships, in the area of wanting what I want. He continues. He says, take up your cross daily. Die, die to yourself and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And listen to what he says. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? But you yourself were lost or destroyed. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world? And other translations say this. And lose your soul. Ray Romano. Everybody loves Raymond. Man finished the uh, episode. And they did the series. I, I think they may have eight, eight or nine seasons. I'm not sure. On the last night. He, he walked out into the studio audience. And after the last taping of the show, and he pulled out a piece of paper that his brother had put in his suitcase when he moved to New York to film the show. And it was a scripture. He said, what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? And he said, right now I need to work on my soul. Attained it all. But it had an ache that the money couldn't fix. So we're looking, turning from ourselves ways, being generous, taking up our cross, being sacrificial, following Jesus, being obedient. So here's where we go. Radically normal generosity begins by turning from our selfish ways. Paul's letter to the Philippians church, he encourages them to think of others first, put their, their interests in, in front of his own. Now, listen, a pre-sinful Scott, man, a pre, pre-sinful, uh, I'm sorry, a, a pre-Jesus, my sinful nature, man, I always thought about myself first. And I'll be honest with you now, I still had to make it a discipline to think about others first, and especially when it comes to my money and, and my stuff. But Jesus teaches us otherwise. In verse 3 of, of Philippians 2, he says this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ did. And it, it should be normal. We should be growing to a point where it's normal for us to think about the others first. I had a, a young lady in the church uh, sometime last year, and she contacted me, and she gave me $20 to give to a family in our church that was in need. Now, for, for many of you, $20, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's easy to spend $20 at the Mexican restaurant, right? It's easy to spend, I mean, you can spend half of that at Chick-fil-A by yourself now. It's easy to spend 20 bucks. But for her, this, this young lady, man, it was probably like she felt it. Probably like the equivalent of maybe, and not trying to be extreme, 
of someone else giving away $2,500. It was a big sacrifice. But why did she do it? Why was she willing to give that much of her income? Because she was looking out for the, to the interest of others. And, and, and like we applauded the, the raising the $12,000 on, on that one Sunday, that kind of sacrifice, man, that still inspires us. Well, radically normal generosity is also taking up our cross and being sacrificial. In, in Mark 12, Jesus says this. It says he sat down near the collection box in the temple and he watched as the crowds dropped in their money. And many people put in large amounts. And then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. You've got to understand something. These, these, these people would come and give their money to the temple. And there weren't baskets. We tend to think they're just baskets. But they were these big metal cylinder type things. And so if you came up to it and you're putting your money into it. And, and you had a lot to give. Man, it's like ching, 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 ching. But then if you only had a little bit to give, it's like ding. And everybody knew it. And so some people would make it a show. Instead of giving $10 bills, they just gave a thousand pennies, you know, so to speak. But Jesus is watching this with his disciples. And the poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. And it's like Jesus went, hey, hey, stop, stop, stop. Guys, look. Look. I want you to see what she just did. Don't miss this. I tell you the truth, this poor widow, because Jesus knows all things. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. She gave two coins. Two pings, so to speak. And he says this. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor she is, she's given everything she had to live on. Stop for a second. Let's think about, let's think about this. You, you talk about complete trust in the Lord and, and the church to, to, to meet her needs. Oh, I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, think it through. I mean, what happens now? Where does her next meal come from? I mean, how does she, how does she eat that week? I mean, is she even thinking that? Uh, what if she gets evicted? She probably doesn't own her own place. She's a widow. She gave all that she had. I'm telling you, I'm reading that now. And I feel like I'm just convicted the first time I ever read it. She didn't worry. She trusted. And so she sacrificed all that she had. And, and the Lord uses her as an example for like the last 2,000 years. And we don't know her name. He didn't say, hey, hey this is Sue. You know, this is, uh, you know, this is Margaret. This is, it, it doesn't give her name. And I wonder, because a lot of times when people are generous, they're not looking, they're not looking for accolades. They simply give sacrificially, trusting that God's going to supply. She didn't give out of her leftovers. She didn't give out of her surplus. She gave till it hurt. Had another person contact me last year, and they knew about a, a, a family in need in the church. 
And he says, Scott, I want to do something. We, we actually met for lunch. He says, Scott, I want to do something. And I'll never forget the words that he said to me. He says, Scott, I don't want to give out of my surplus. He said, I want to feel it. Man, I, I want to sacrifice in such a way that, that I feel it. Like, I, I want to know that it's gone. And, and he did. And you know what? Again, that kind of faith. Man, we, we hear those type of stories. And man, again, it, it's just, like it inspires us. Man, I, I want to be like that. I think every single person in this room wants to be like that. Well, let's keep going. This radically normal generosity is following Jesus by being obedient. Now, this next story may be familiar to you. It may not. It's a little longer one. But listen, in, 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 in verse 17 of Mark 10, it says, As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Great question. Man, great question. Jesus loves getting these kind of questions. A pastor loves getting these kind of questions. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is, is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder, commit adultery, not steal, not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Now listen to what he says. Teacher, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Think about this moment. They're having a face-to-face -face conversation. And Jesus sees he really wants to know what it's like to, to have eternal life and, and what he must do. And Jesus said, you know, the, the, the law, keep, you know, you got to keep the law. I've done all these things since I was very young. And Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now not to let everybody off the hook. I do want to say this. This was his hang up. Jesus didn't tell everybody this. That wanted to inherit eternal life. He knew what this man was trusting in. Listen to how he responded. At this the man's face fell. And he went away sad. And he was sad because he had many possessions. And then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. He didn't say they're not allowed. He said it's hard for them to enter. And this amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it's very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astounded. And he said, then who in the world can be saved? And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. You have a young man, this rich young ruler, stellar reputation, genuine heart for God. Followed all the Old Testament laws. But he couldn't follow Jesus. He wouldn't leave his wealth for Jesus. He wouldn't take his trust in his wealth and put his trust in Jesus.
Can you imagine having an eyeball-to-eyeball conversation with Jesus and he asks you to do something and you drop your head and walk away? I've done it before. Jesus, this is, this is too hard. What, what you're asking is too hard. It, it's too personal. God, you're asking too much, Jesus. Jesus then teaches disciples how difficult it is for the wealthy to come to heaven. For those who have enough. For those whose needs are met. For those who have full bank accounts and, and retirements. It's very easy to come, become more secure in money than it is in Jesus. Man, you read through the Psalms over and over again. It says, blessed is a man who takes refuge in the Lord. Or the Lord is his refuge over and over and over and over again. Or they put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is a man who, who trusts in the Lord. Over and over again you see trust and hope and refuge for God's peoples in the Lord. Here's the good news. If Jesus asks you to give up anything, anything to follow him, he will give you the power to do it. You have his spirit living inside of you. So humanly speaking, it is impossible to follow Jesus. But with God, he gives us the power to follow him in all areas, including this one. So... Yes, it's normal for us to worry about our money, our stuff, our retirement, the future. But the antidote to worry, man, is to trust Jesus through our giving everything to Him. Lord, it's yours. Uh, Sid Cody, love Sid Cody. I, I can't come around Sid Cody and say, Scott, why don't you take my truck? Why don't you take my wheelbarrow? Why don't you take this? Take that? Why don't you borrow this? If I come home and my truck's gone, you know what I know? Scott Moore's got my truck. That's what he tells me. I borrowed it one time. And I still got it. That was a year ago. No, I'm just kidding. Man, everything is the Lord's. What if? What if? Let's talk about that for a minute. What if? Let's just dream for a second. What if at the drive-thru, we always paid for the person behind us? Now, what if? What if many of us give to the church? What if we... Those that give, what if, what if we gave 1% more? Or, or maybe you not started giving yet. And this is, a, this is a, a, a place, of a point of growth for you. What if you started giving 1%? I mean, what could be done with this 1% more? So just what if? What if we took care of two very real needs in our church family right now? I, I want to introduce you to, to Greg Laffin. This is Greg Laffin. He, he's been battling uh, cancer um, really for about six months. And so Greg took 12, had to go without working for 12 weeks last year. And 11 people helped raise $9,600 so that Greg's family could, you know, survive. Not just survive, just stay at the standard of living they were at. 
Well, Greg had another procedure right around Christmas time, and he's out of work for another nine weeks. What if today we took care of the projected cost of $9,000 today? I mean, what if did that? Now, some of you may not know what that, that is. That's Venmo. You can take your phone out. You can take a picture of it. It's not going to automatically transfer money from your account at that point. You have to give permission. Man, but what if today, this service and next service, we just wiped it out? Or maybe if you want to write a check. I had a 24-year-old ask me the other day, what's a check? If you want to talk about another way to give, you, you can see me after the service. But what if today he doesn't have to worry about that anymore? Because we are radically generous. Let me tell you about another need. That's Chloe Howard. She's a student in our, in our um, youth ministry. And she's leaving uh, this summer for a year-long trip. Uh, to, to share the, the, the gospel of Jesus around the world. You know what she needs? She needs $10,500. $10,500. Uh, what if this morning between two services, we were able to wipe that out? What if we were able to do that? What if we were just radically uh, generous and, you know, and it, it, man, it, it, we even felt it. Now, I'm not asking you to give to both. Or just give to the, or maybe if you want to, good, go for it. But give to one. Because we're radically generous and our money is, is not our own. And what if, what if I come back next Sunday and I'm able to tell you what God has done in their lives? What if? I'm going to tell you what happens. The world takes notice when the church looks like Jesus. And the world takes notice through generous Acts, selfless acts of giving. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray. And then these two screens, Greg and Chloe, those are going to be left up there. Or if you want to talk to me about it, you can come talk to me after church or you can, you can see me this week. Let's be radically normal for Jesus. Simply put, let's be more like Jesus. Father God, I pray this. We'll be more like Jesus. Father, in every way, shape, form, Father, his heart, Father, we'd be more like Jesus. His actions, we'd be more like Jesus. His faith in you, the trust he has in you, Father, we would be more like Jesus. And Father, people like Greg and people like Chloe, Father, people I don't even know that people in this room know about. Father, you would get all the praise and the glory. And Father, we would uh, applaud what you do through your church. So Father, I thank you. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, come back next week. We start a, a new series called I'm In, I'm Invaluable, and I'm Invested. All right, have a great week.